This is the artscape. But first, uh, you know, I want to um, just go to the um, the statement by the Council of Education Ministers has made uh, amendments to some grades returning to school. The Minister of uh, Basic Education, Angie Mochecha, held a meeting with stakeholders on Thursday and announced that after careful consideration of all the reports, uh, took, uh, a decision was taken that, that only grade 6, grade 11, and grade R, R will return to school on the 6th of July. That's next Monday, the council said. Other grades will be phased in during the month of July. So we check in with uh, Western Cape Education now, um, Department now. Kerry Mochlin, uh, spokesperson for Western Cape Minister of Education, uh, Debbie Schaefer at Western Cape. Good evening, uh, Kerry, and welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me, and good evening to you and your listeners. Yes. Uh, with, uh, what is your general response to the minister's uh, announcement? Well, the conversation that was had today in the Council of Education Ministers, um, Minister Schaefer told me that it was a really positive and productive discussion and that there was a broad agreement on the way forward um, the concern that has come forward, obviously we had a batch of, I think it's seven grades that were going to be arriving back at school on Monday. And some of the provinces and indeed a couple of schools in the Western Cape as well have expressed that they don't feel that they are ready and prepared to have all of those grades returned because it's quite a large mm. uh, number of extra kids compared to only uh, one grade back at primary schools and one grade at high schools. And so essentially what the National Minister has done is uh, allowed for some differentiated approach in this regard. So it's not a very dramatic change. Essentially what has happened is that grade R6 and 11 must be back on Monday, but that schools who feel like they need more time for the extra grades uh, don't have to bring in the, the other grades. Um, which I think would have been grades 1, 2, 3, and 10. Yeah. Uh, those were the additional ones in that batch of seven grades. Um, however, at the moment, given that the national regulations haven't changed and the national minister said, um, uh, sorry, the national directions haven't changed in terms of uh, uh, the school calendar going back, um, schools can still apply according mm-hmm. to Section 7 of that, uh, those gazetted directions to deviate from that calendar. So if they want to bring and they feel that they are ready uh, to bring back more grades now, they can do so. They have to notify the HOD that they're willing to do so. So what does this mean for your schools? Uh, Will your decision differ from that that was set aside by the DBE? No, there's no difference in in decision at all. Uh, We are on exactly the same page. Um, And the National Minister was quite clear in her statement that there would be a differentiated approach. So in the Western Cape, we are also most certainly saying that uh, definitely who has to return to school is grade R6 and 11. Um, And then schools that want to bring in more grades have to notify the department according to the regulations. Um, And they will obviously have to make sure that they are ready to do that so and the safety protocols are in place because those are non-negotiable and if any school is found to not be meeting those obviously permission to bring in extra grades would be revoked Mm -hmm. immediately Um, but what we also have done is uh, also according to the same directions there is provision for the head of department to allow parents to be exempted 
um, on a conditional basis from sending their child to school. Uh, and so what the um, Minister Schaefer has uh, shared also today in her statement is to say that a number of options will be made available to parents who either have children who perhaps have one of the high-risk comorbidities that put them at, uh, at great risk should they um, become infected with COVID-19, um, or even if they don't have a comorbidity, to have that option of keeping their kids at home during this pandemic, um, right. because we know a lot of people are understandably anxious on this front, right. and information about that will be sent to schools in the, in the next two days or so. Okay. Kerry, just, uh, just while you're on the line, I just want to remind our, our listeners that we're discussing the return of grades 6, 11, and grade R to school on Monday, and we have on the line with us uh, Kerry McLaughlin, uh, of, who from the Western Cape uh, government, the spokesperson. Uh, you can call us at 021-446-0567. Drop us a WhatsApp message at 072-567-1567. We want to hear from you. Um, Kerry, I have a... The, the, let, me, let me ask the question first. What about parents who choose to teach their children from home? Sure. Uh, there is the option available always for parents to uh, choose homeschooling, formal homeschooling. If they are choosing to do so and it's not in the context of this pandemic, so for example, they actually want their kids to be schooled at home and educated at home, they still have to follow the the requirements of the South African Schools Act in that regard. And we have a formal homeschooling policy and obviously it has a lot of requirements that are involved in terms of designing a curriculum and making sure that we measure the progress of those learners. But I think what's very, very different in this scenario is that some parents don't want to deregister their children from school. Mm -hmm. They would like to have their kids go back to school at some point. They just don't feel comfortable doing so right now. And so that's why we're providing an option to allow parents to have their child stay registered at school. They will still have to take responsibility to oversee learning at home and collect and deliver work. But they won't have to lose their place in school. They won't have to register for formal education. Um, But of course, the formal home education option always remains there as per normal people can do that. Kerry, I have on the line um, Andrew from Mitchell's Plain who has a question for you. Good evening, Andrew. Good evening, Ismail. Good evening, uh, Kerry. Kerry. I trust that you're fine. Listen, uh, we have a study group running now for the 16th year. And you know, the area that's, that's named here, it's Mitchell's Plain, but the area is Tafelsig. And the people are dependent on us to help them get along through this education. It's been done, as I said, for the 16th year with great success. There are people that don't have access to to data. They don't have uh, access to tutors because they don't have money. So we have been the net that they fell in and they could excel by our help. But we are now barred to use the school as a premises that we've done now for a couple of years because of this uh, COVID. Now, I, I, I just can't see the logic. If you can cleanse the place or prepare it for other people to come, why we also can't do the same to get the same outcome? I'm sure uh, we are not so stupid that we will put our own safety, you know, in the hands of, of whoever. So we, we want permission to continue our work to help these learners. There's learners in matric. So do you have a uh, direct question then for Kerry? 
my, my, why can't we use the promises? Why are we, since we're not, we're at level three, that's readjusted, that, uh, that the premises can't be used by us for the very same reason that the schools are there, to educate the people. In, in, in our case, there's the very poorest of the poor. Okay, Kerry, do you have anything, uh, anything you'd like to comment on that? Absolutely. Um, first and foremost, I want to say thank you for mm. the support that you've been offering people um, in your area. That education is about a partnership, and the fact that you are involved in that your organisation is involved, your study group, that is absolutely wonderful. So thank you very much for that. The second thing is that obviously the safety regulations are there in place for us to limit the number of people going into schools as much as possible. Um, And I understand that it it can seem very prescriptive at times because um, it's kind of like a hard and fast rule and that's it. Um, So the, the intention is to reduce the number of people transiting in and out because we want to try to keep our staff and our learners as safe as possible and reduce their exposure to other people as much as possible. It's why, for example, we haven't had journalists visiting schools. Um, We've limited the number of officials that go and visit schools. But what I would definitely suggest that you should do um, is definitely email the minister about this. And and I can give you the email address for that, um, and I'll share it with the producer afterwards as well. It's edumin, E-D-U-M-I-N, full stop, edumin. So you repeat that twice at westerncape.gov.za to share the work that you're doing and we can see um, how we can engage with you to facilitate that a little bit further. Thank you very much, Gary. That was uh, very helpful. Uh, Andrew, I hope you that helped you. Uh, Thanks for being on our show. Gary, before I let you go, uh, I have... I have a question uh, that I'd like to put to you. Um, it may be, uh, I, I don't quite know if it's a fair question to put to you, but I, <laughs> I am um, just in, in, in my personal capacity as a, just, just a fellow citizen and, and uh, for, forget the, for, for a moment that I don't have children of my own, but I am really scared of children going back to school. Um, you know, what is the, the there are very many um, people, uh, talk about the scientific basis and people talk about uh, people say that you know uh, children on carriers children on vectors mm-hmm. um but you know what happens when children do you know they use your data from europe i remember i wrote a column about it on tuesday and uh, mike schuster said that the, the data from europe shows that uh, children are not getting sick in Europe. And, I'm, and my view is you can't use European data to make policy in South Africa. Uh, how would you respond just generally to that? And I, I mean, I know that you're probably not uh, completely responsible for policy making, but how would you just respond to that? Sure. So uh, I take your point what you're saying about um, uh, in terms of data that is European versus data that is in South Africa. Um, Certainly our data in South Africa has also shown quite a low rate of infection amongst um, people who are at school going age. Um, But it is understandable to be anxious. And the fact is, we will never have a scenario where we have no cases in kids. Mm. We have community transmission in the Western Cape. We have community transmission in other provinces now. So we are going to have cases. But there is some good news to this because the the learners that have tested positive so far have only accounted for, I think it's less than 0.1% of the grades that are already back at school. So we do 
have sort of a very small basis on that front. That's the best <laughs> best answer I've had on the matter. <laughs> but Kerry, but also, I think it's also important just to mention as well that we must look at the other side of the equation because when policymakers are making this decision, they don't just look at one side; they look at the other side as well. And there's a very negative impact to keeping schools closed, and it's also a very unequal impact. So your more vulnerable learners does. lose out more. It certainly does. And so that has to be balanced um, against that risk that we're looking at as well. Kerry, thank, I want to thank you for, for joining us this evening on a very important discussion. Have a good evening, stay safe, and stay healthy. Thanks so much, and you too.